Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. So what I found in the literally thousands of people that I've coached is that regardless of what the goal is, regardless of what it is that you're trying to do, stress and your beliefs and your outlook on things is 100% going to influence that behavior change. Doesn't matter what it is. You could be quitting smoking. You could be quitting sugar. You could be trying to start to exercise. If stress is present and there's zero people that it was not, you know, that is something that we have to address alongside other things like buying sneakers, getting a gym membership, you know, whatever the things are that maybe we need to get the other goals in order. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Chris, your host, and I am so excited to share today's guest interview with all of you. This is a brand new topic to the podcast and something that honestly I was a little hesitant about for a really long time. I had always thought of energy and energy work as being something that was kind of woo-woo and out there. And though I've dabbled in things like yoga and meditation and also some practices that I now know are also energy work like acupuncture and massage like Alyssa shares in our conversation today. I had always thought that it was it was a little bit out there and I wasn't sure what to think of it and I wasn't sure how it worked and honestly I didn't really know a lot about it. I wasn't sure if it would compete with my spiritual beliefs and as Alyssa shares in this episode, energy work and energy healing is completely non-denominational and everything in our world is made up of energy. Energy is something that we can actually measure scientifically and so 
I loved having this conversation with my friend, Alyssa Knapp. She is a Holy Fire Reiki master teacher. She is also an incredibly well-educated individual. She is an exercise physiologist. She has a master's degree in kinesiology, and we have worked together in the past to do several programs for moms. We've done in-person workshops, and in the past 13 years, she has done everything in the wellness field from personal training to managing large corporate wellness programs, and now she's settled into her private practice that she has integrative wellness journeys to get back to her heart, which is working individually with clients, teaching classes, creating workshops, and collaborating with others in the field like me, which is how we met a couple years ago. What's so interesting about Alyssa, and she shares her story in this interview, is that she has extensively studied individual and community health and wellness management, including health promotion strategies. She's done worksite health, exercise physiology, human anatomy and physiology, health psychology, social psychology, behavior modification, psychological research, and mindfulness meditation. And she has also incorporated holistic practices like mindfulness, meditation, and energy healing. So she's a physiologist and a clinician at heart, so she brings a wealth of evidence-based knowledge in healthy living practices to her clients, and she also works with solutions to personal barriers to support in adopting healthy lifestyle habits that help people to feel their best selves. So she has this really cool, holistic approach in helping individuals to achieve their best selves and their healthiest selves. And so I invited her on today because I wanted to learn more about Reiki, which is one of the energy healing modalities that she uses within her practice. Like I said, she's a Reiki master teacher, so she doesn't just perform Reiki, she also teaches others to perform Reiki. And I was just curious about what Reiki is. I've never had it performed on me before because like I said, I thought it was a bit strange, a little bit woo-woo, and I wasn't really sure what it is. And now I am so interested in actually kind of exploring the practice a little bit more because I find it so interesting. So I hope you guys will love this conversation. You might have heard some of the construction in the background as I was just kind of recording this introduction. So most of this interview, I just had Alyssa completely take it away to share her story, to talk about energy work, to talk about Reiki. And I'm so glad she did because uh, it it got a little loud in the background over here, but it should be good. It should be edited out as as well as I as well as I can. So I just hope you guys love this conversation. If you are as interested and curious as I am about this, I hope it answers some of your questions. I am truly the student in this conversation. I don't know very much about it at all, so I asked hopefully all of the questions that you have too, and if you have more questions, you can reach out to Alyssa. She is incredible, and I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. Welcome, Alyssa. I am so excited to have you on the podcast for a second time, really sharing your expertise with us today. I can't wait to jump in. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm really excited about this conversation. Well, I always love chatting with you, so I know this is going to be such a good conversation, but I still want to do the fun little icebreaker that I do with all of my guests when they hop on. So I'm curious, what are you reading these days? I, funny enough, based on what we're talking about today, I just started reading Conscious Parenting. Um, It's actually, no, I'm sorry. It's called The Conscious Parent. And of course, I don't have the author's name in front of me because there are a couple ones, but I literally just opened it 
and started reading it last night. And I, so as a book reader, I have a hard time reading for like nonfiction and things like that. Like, or, or I'm sorry, fiction. I love learning when I read, like, I don't know, is all the, even before bed, I'm, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> I love that. I I'm a mix. I do some fiction, some nonfiction, but I always have at least one nonfiction going so I can, I can learn. I love that. So I'm going to have to hear how that book is after you're done too, because yes. I would love to read that too. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. So, so far, so good. <laughs> so we are talking to, to moms today. We are going to talk about a topic that we have not covered yet on this podcast. And I am so excited to pick your brain about this because it's something that I really don't have a ton of experience with outside of, you know, doing things like yoga and meditation, which I know this it's, it's different, but, um, aside from those type of things, we are going to talk a lot about energy and energy work today. And I'm so curious, but I would love to start just by having you share your story. I I've heard it several times. We've done classes together, but it's so powerful. And so I would love if you could just share with my listeners how you got to the place you are and how you started doing the work you're doing now. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So, so it's funny. So when I started my professional life, I guess, if you will, right, you know, starting from college and everything else, I actually started in the health and wellness field um, as a personal trainer and group exercise instructor. And I know, Kristen, you've been down that road as well. Yeah. And, and so while I was in school, I was, while I was super interested in health promotion, wellness, and all of these things, I always had this passion for psychology. So I actually double majored in that. And that integration of sort of mindset, how we think, how we behave, and physical activity, and just innately how it makes us feel has always been a super huge interest of mine and sort of some things that I've been always integrating, you know, with what I do and how I work with people. So I kind of went from that field in that area into kinesiology. It's where my master's is in. And this is where I focused on really digging into the psychosocial and the behavioral aspects of movement and physical activity. So I wasn't necessarily interested in strength and conditioning or how to build the perfect program for this, that, or the other thing. I was always really interested in how I felt after I exercised. I was never a athlete or anything like that, but I, yet I always throughout my whole life have always loved movement and exercise. So during this time, during, as I think for a lot of late adolescence, you know, mental health things usually start to show up right in our late teens, early twenties, things like that. So what happened during this time for me is I started having anxiety attacks. I started getting um, a lot of, you know, a lot of stress because I was doing a lot. And I know you can relate to this, right? You know, doing a lot. Um, I was, you know, double majoring in school, working full time, you know, managing a lot of different pieces where I just finally started kind of breaking down. And I'll never forget the conversation that I had with my doctor after I ended up in the emergency room because I thought I was having a stroke. She said, you know, we kind of talked. I said, you know, these are the things that I have going on. And I, you know, sitting in that office, I was ready to hear, okay, here's a prescription for Xanax or lorazepam or whatever it was. And she said to me, all right, well, sounds like you have to take some things off your plate. Like what? (laughs) You mean I have have to do something different? You know, like, I don't think you understand. I need to graduate by this date. I need to make this amount. You know what I mean? Like I have plans and I'm sorry, I can't slow. You know what I mean? So it was this realization that I'm like, oh, 
okay, what I'm doing and how I'm behaving is actually affecting me on a very physical level. And this is where I began my journey with mindfulness and meditation and things like that. So I was like, okay, I got to get this under control because let's be honest, I still had to finish school. I couldn't just quit my job, right? I had to figure out how can I balance, right? How can I make this work and, and sort of take, take what I need from each and make it into a livable life experience, right? So, you know, go into my master's program and I wanted to, I wanted to really, again, study this mind-body connection, right? This is becoming more and more of an interest to me. So I began studying and I did my actually whole master's thesis on it, an entire research project on how mindfulness and movement exercise help to reduce anxiety and how each of them help separately, but how their combined effect is even more powerful. So after seeing those results, which were incredible, that was actually funny enough during this study was the first time that I ever led a meditation because I had to, there was no recording that existed for exactly what I needed, the length of time where I wanted to bring their focus in movement. So I created it and I was like, wow, this is actually kind of nice. And then people with the, all the subjects were telling me like, can I get a copy of that recording? I was so relaxed. Like, can I like, oh my God, that was just me, you know, like talking. And, um, so, so that was really cool. And then I, uh, shifted gears after I graduated, I worked as a research exercise physiologist where I looked at PTSD and depression and actually smoking cessation with these things as interventions. And it was again, just very fascinating to me and simultaneously because, you know, God forbid I have one job at a time. There are always multiple hands in the pot, you know? things going. And, um, and so I was also um, working as a clinical health coach in a corporate wellness setting, which is actually where I also did a lot of work in my undergrad. And I loved it. I loved the idea that we spend 40 plus hours a week at work. This is an area of our life that we really need to feel well when who actually, you know, in, especially in the corporate world, right. Working for a company who actually feels you know, zero stress and nobody, right? So it was it was really awesome to, to be able to get back into that. And during this time, because I got to work alongside with dietitians, registered nurses, health educators, other exercise physiologists, because that's one of the hats that I wear, certified exercise physiologist. And, um, you know, I got to learn so much, so much about how our mind and body are connected, how the foods that we eat are relating to our clinical diagnoses and things like that. And as much as it was great to help people work through conditions that they already had, where my passion has always been is actually in the wellness, in the wellness prevention side. So I'm like, okay, let's, you know, yes, we get here, you know, to this point of maybe we have diabetes at the time, or maybe it's depression or anxiety, you know, whatever that sort of the point where you actually have a diagnosis, you know, yes, we can use these holistic tools and things like we're going to talk about today, like energy work and breath work and movement. Even though we have these things to help, how about we start to incorporate these along the way, prevent ourselves from getting to that point, right? But, but at the same time, how many of us need to get to that point where we're in the emergency room thinking we're having a stroke, but it's a panic attack until we're like, oh, okay, you know? So I really loved the process of understanding, learning from so many different angles 
behavior change in itself and really understanding what does it take to motivate somebody and to get through and to actually make a change in behavior. So what I found in the literally thousands of people that I've coached is that regardless of what the goal is, regardless of what it is that you're trying to do, stress and your beliefs and your outlook on things is 100% going to influence that behavior change. Doesn't matter what it is. You could be quitting smoking. You could be quitting sugar. You could be trying to start to exercise. If stress is present and there's zero people that it was not, you know, that is something that we have to address alongside other things like buying sneakers, getting a gym membership, you know, whatever the things are that maybe we need to get the other goals in order. So I, in this job, ended up becoming kind of the stress guru and like the mindfulness, you know, person and, you know, who they would talk to. And I was um, also creating health education programs and materials. I was, you know, managing um, on-site teams of health coaches and training health coaches and all this kinds of stuff. And it was just really wonderful. So fast forward, my corporate job ended up actually uh, that company went bankrupt. So a couple of years ago, I was at this crossroads. It was 2000, kind of started thinking about it in 2017 when I had my first son. But in 2018, when things kind of started to not look so good for the company is when I kind of started thinking about what am I going to do from here? Do I want to keep climbing the corporate ladder? Do I want to keep, you know, because I busted myself, you know, really trying to work hard, get where I was, not to mention, I was taking jobs at the University of Rhode Island as an adjunct professor because, again, God forbid, I reject an opportunity <laughs> to do something awesome, like teach, you know, classes where I did my master's. Like that was um, an amazing experience. I ended up doing that a little bit more. And um, anyway, you know, I got to this point, like, do I want to keep doing all this or do I want to go out on my own? And knowing the experience that I had from my um, you know, my training years and, you know, fitness and all that kind of stuff of kind of being my own, you know, my own boss a little bit and having to you know, market myself and whatnot. I, I knew that being a business owner is going to be more than just doing what I love. It's going to be doing what I love, but also managing other aspects. And I'm a person who loves wearing different hats. I love the fact that I have like 17 different titles, you know what I mean? And, um, and so with that being said, you know, I wanted to utilize all of that. I wanted to pull all of it together because what I didn't start to talk about yet is during this time is when, you know, I, I mentioned I had my son in 2017. After he turned a year, it was one of those years of, you know, uh, job losses, losing uh, parents, you know, losing best friends, like people passing away, you know, and just everything kind of happening, a lot of stress coming up, up, up. And, this was actually the year that I was um, learning Reiki and first got, uh, I'm not going to say introduced to Reiki because I was actually introduced to it a, a year or two earlier, um, which actually was when I was in corporate wellness and I was developing these programs. And one of the other coaches, she was a Reiki master. And I was like, what is this? You know, not really into energy work, very heavy in the evidence-based practices, very heavy in the research, you know, that, and that's one reason that I loved mindfulness because there's so much research on it and there's so much being done. So many studies, even cognitive studies where they're looking at brain patterns, right. And use of this, of these tools. So energy work, like 
I think you, Kristen, maybe historically at least, right, think maybe it's a little woo-woo, a little too out there, a little too like, what is this, you know? And, but yet it was, uh, you know, I couldn't deny that it was right here and it was a tool that, hello, a nurse is using and practicing. So let me learn a little more, right? So come to find out Reiki is something that you can do through distance. It's something that, because I was doing telephonic health coaching. So it's something that we could actually potentially do, or she could do with clients while we're on the phone. So I'm like, this is very interesting, especially knowing how it affects stress, how it affects sleep. I'm like, okay, this could be a really cool tool. So I actually designed an internal program with my, in my office. And I did like a little study where I actually, um, you know, measured how stressed they felt, how their sleep was beforehand. I had Heather do a distance Reiki session with these individuals. And then we measured the effects after I nerd over here. I will say there was statistical significance because you bet I ran my statistics on that and P value less than 0.05 for any of my other, you know, lovers of research out there. And, and I was like, well, this is cool. And I had a session with her as a part of this, because why not? I have anxiety. I have always had trouble sleeping. Like, yeah, sure. I'll try a distance Reiki session. When I tell you it was like nothing I've ever experienced. So here I was in my room, right at my house. There she was at her house. This is, you know, in the evening, I think it was like eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock at night. We're on the phone. She kind of tells me what to expect you know, just tells me, you know, get, get in a relaxed place, be open to receiving the energy. I'll do the, I'll do the the session and then I'll call you back after. So I'm like, okay, you know, put the phone down, laying in my bed and sure, you know, I was kind of had been dabbling in a little bit of like breathing and mindfulness and things like that, you know, so I, you know, I was getting myself relaxed and, um, and as I was doing so, um, I start to feel this energy come in. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? And it felt like, I don't even, I can't even describe it. It was like an energy massage. Like it felt like I felt my muscles relaxing. I could feel sensation. I could feel temperature. It was like, I could tell exactly where her hands were, even though she was not even the same room as me. It was wild. And um, so I was the whole time, I'm just like, I'm like observing what I'm experiencing yet also enjoying this really deep relaxation. And so she calls me back and I was like, whoa, that was so cool. I was seeing colors. Like, I'm like, this is so cool. So, um, so after that, and not to mention, I slept like a baby, you know? So between my own experience, you know, what we, what we saw from others, it was, I was just very intrigued. Didn't really take it much further at that point because it wasn't something that we were going to be incorporating in our actual work program. So kind of got put on the shelf. Fast forward a year, pregnant with my son, so much stress, so much anxiety, worrying about every aspect of things. Financially, how are we going to afford daycare? I'm not sleeping. I can't be stressed. I'm pregnant. I don't want to hurt the baby. You know, all of these things, right? And one of my colleagues was like, oh, why don't you reach out to Heather who did Reiki? She was no longer with the company. So I'm like, oh, it's a great idea. Reached out to her, had some Reiki sessions. And I mean, it was like nothing else. Because you know, when you're pregnant, you can only do so much. You know, I wasn't, not like I'm one to take pills anyway, personally. So I wasn't going to, you know, 
take a medication or, you know, this or that or whatever. I wanted to try to do things naturally. And again, I was already exercising. I was already trying, you know, breathing and stuff on my own. This was more. This was that really more extra step that I needed. And, you know, I was just really blown away. So fast forward again to that point in the future or now the past where I told you about where I was kind of at this crossroads of what do I want to do? Do I want my own company or this or that? Well, I knew that I loved health coaching. I knew that I loved helping people reach their goals, reduce their stress and get whatever those outcomes were that are important to them, you know? For some, again, it may be trying to get off medication. It may be a physical issue. It may be an emotional issue. So I thought, how cool to do this, but also have Heather over here do distance Reiki and have this person over here do some therapy as like a a counselor, you know, and we all kind of help in this holistic way, right? So I, you know, I pitched the idea to my friend and she comes over and she's actually, you know, I want to train you in how to do it so you can do it for yourself. Awesome. Love this idea. So she trains me and some schools of Reiki call this an attunement, an attunement to Reiki. And there are different levels of Reiki depending on the school of Reiki. Okay. So for the Reiki that I do and that I've been trained in is called Holy Fire Reiki. And we have three different levels, level one, level two, and then the master teacher level, which is also the advanced level. So she, so she attunes me in level one and the whole thing was just a spiritual experience. It was, I, it was, it, and it, so I first initially got it as just a personal tool to be able to help with stress and things like that, because this was the year where pardon my French shit was hitting the fan, you know, in every direction. And I kind of, you know, I needed something. So what I didn't realize was that this was going to spark what we refer to as a spiritual awakening. And that is very much a coming, uh, uh, you know, I almost said come to Jesus moment when it has nothing to do with Jesus or religion or anything like that, but you know, the term uh, or the phrase. So, um, you know, I had this moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, there is something deeper here. There is something more meaningful and impactful with my life that I need to be doing. I started to connect the dots in different behaviors and patterns related to my anxiety related to my need to control, related for my with my need to overachieve and do, 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 and stress myself out and cause this, be literally be the cause of the resistance in my life, right? And, and it was just incredible. It brought me back to, you know, things from adolescence, you know, things from, and it continues to, as I continue to heal, because we're never done. We're always working on, you know, healing ourselves, connecting with ourselves, uncovering these layers that we really need to address. I call these micro traumas that we have throughout our lives that cause an imprint, you know, on our, on our psyche, in our field, in our tissues, in the cells of our body. That's why when I talk about energy work, this is whole, this is all inclusive. This is holistic. You know, this is looking at all aspects of how we carry our blocks, how we carry our problems. It's really powerful. So anyway, start to draw these conclusions and and everything in my life just starts changing. Things start falling into place. Other things start falling apart. But one of those things, hindsight's 2020, things that were falling apart were not the ones that were serving me, were not the ones that were aligned to my highest good, right? And from there, I started my business. I went on for my next level of Reiki. 
I started practicing on other people in person. And I was like, there's no way I can not do this. All of a sudden, my intuition starts to increase. I start to just kind of be more aware of the energy around me, of my own thoughts, and really just other people's energy is very interesting. So it was funny because my business in the beginning, which has, as you know, right, as an entrepreneur yourself, our businesses and what we do transform all the time. We're always evolving because our businesses are like a part of us. They're like another child. And as they grow, they go through different stages as we grow, right? So initially, again, I had this online coaching thing idea going on. All of a sudden I'm doing this Reiki and I'm I'm wanting to do it in person. I start doing it in a studio in Warwick, which you've been to, right? Yeah, way back when. And Um, And then, you know, from there, started teaching mindful movement classes because now I had space to do it. Now I'm teaching meditation. Never thought I was going to be doing any of this stuff, you know, and it was just kind of all coming together in this beautiful, holistic way. So mind you, also had my son also, you know, just kind of, you know, juggling some things, still having this need to be successful, this need to achieve this need to, you know, bring it in. And now there's this added pressure too of, all right, I need to bring in a salary, right? You know, while also doing all this stuff. So it was really interesting. And it's been really cool to have this growth as a parent, as an entrepreneur, and also in the work that I do. And I'm constantly in this place. And I'm sure you can relate to this too, Kristen, where I'm needing to take my own medicine I'm needing to follow my own advice and I'm needing to actually walk the way that I'm guiding others through, right? And continuing to do the work myself and and be present for what other layers present themselves as this goes. Because what this what happened just in you know, I'll give one example, another way that this sort of opened things up for me in, in healing in another level is I got to this point where I was becoming aware of these beliefs that I had around scarcity, feeling like there wasn't enough money. There wasn't enough time to do everything that I needed. There, I didn't have enough support. I needed more help. I did, you know, in all of these ways of that I was lacking and that I didn't have what I needed. And when then if we think about it, this relates to our sense of safety, right? How am I going to survive if I don't have what I need to survive? This is on a subconscious level. So with that idea, you know, it it produced anxiety, right? It produced overwhelm because now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh my God, I'm not safe. And that's what anxiety is. It's fear, fear of the unknown. Am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to be able to do this? And it's funny, right? Because I look at all this. Was there ever a point where I didn't have money in my savings account? No. Was there ever a point where my bills weren't paid? No. But these were still things that my body was reacting to, right? And then you throw raising a child in it, right? And then we throw the pandemic in it. And then we throw a pregnancy loss in it, which was my first podcast with you. And, uh, you know, very powerful experience with all of that. You know, all these things happening. And what I realized is that these are all opportunities for me to learn how to move through this to help others. Every experience I have been through, every wound that I have worked towards healing, all of this has helped me grow and expand and serve others the way that I now do. 
So now I'm just, every time that I learn, every time that I grow, I'm building and I'm growing my, what I call my tool shed, not even my toolbox, because we need a whole shed, right? For this life. And, um, and, you know, pulling all of it together, it's just, it's really beautiful how now I'm able to go through my experiences and take the lessons and then bring that forward, you know, and see how can I now bring this to my people, you know? And I do this in so many different ways. And, I, and I'm literally doing this all the time. Just this morning, I was, you know, I had this interview and I have a client coming in and I have, I'm, I'm presenting in a summit tomorrow and I just a lot of things going on as usual. Who doesn't, right? And so this morning I had my time with my kids before I had to bring them into daycare and preschool. And, you know, and in my head, I'm like, okay, I need to prepare this. I need to look at that. I need to clean up. I need to blah, 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 right? The, the whole, all the lists goes. And, you know, kids are in the living room and I have, by the way, four and a half year old Indy, almost six month old and two little boys. And, um, so, you know, and Eddie, my older son goes, mom, can we play for a little bit? Like he wanted to play for a little bit, you know, before, and here I catch myself. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm just in my list in, on in my tasks in everything going on here. He wants to play. And I just reflected for a moment and I thought, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to go sit and play with him and spend this time and enjoy him while he's in this moon where he wants to play with me and and enjoy me. You know what I mean? I want to give him this attention. I want to be present for him and enjoy them because everything else is going to get done. But I reflect because this was not always me. This is not always how I would respond in that situation. I think old me would get frustrated that he needs that now somebody else needs something for me. That now on top of all of this stuff I have to do, now I need to entertain you until time to go to school and, you know, all these, you know, and and there's just so many ways that I could have gone with it. And, and I was, I just, I took a moment and I appreciated myself and my own growth in this, that I was actually doing something that felt good. And it was a great morning, you know, and I'm really grateful for it. And because of that, I'm having an even better, more relaxed, awesome day. And these are the kinds of things that I help people through. I help people recognize these patterns, right? These beliefs that are keeping them doing the things that are just causing more stress, right? Because it becomes a cycle and it leads to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's a chain reaction. So I'm going to tie it back into Reiki and energy work here for a second. So Normally, when I'm doing a, a presentation, I like to, you know, do this visual. And many people have probably seen this before, so I'll ask you to just close your eyes and visualize it. So, picture a Venn diagram, right? So we have three circles overlapping. One of them is the mind. One of them is the body. One of them is the spirit. We've seen this before, right? And and what this means is that we are all of these things are overlapping. Our bodies. And to me, I put emotions actually in our body because they are a chemical reaction, because they are neurotransmitters and hormones and things like this that are happening. And it's also our behaviors, the actions, the the, the things that we're doing, right? And then we have our mind. These are our thoughts. These are our beliefs. These are the things that we're saying to ourselves. These are the stories that we're saying to ourselves. And then we have our spiritual side. Our spiritual side is the energy that we're holding, that is expressing itself as these thoughts, emotions, and behavior. It's what we can feel, not what we can see, right? So 
our energy and it is is that spiritual layer. It's that spiritual side. Sometimes we call it metaphysical, right? So it's when I say spiritual, it's not actually related to anything related to a religion or anything like that. It's actually just again that metaphysical part of ourselves. It's that part that's connected to everybody else. It's that part that's connected to a higher level of consciousness. Whether you call that God, whether you call that divine, where you call it source or science, whatever it is for you, that's that connection. So we can't break any of these things apart. So when we look at how come I've been working on getting my anxiety under control, how come I'm meditating and I'm exercising and maybe even I'm trying medication and it's not working, how come I can't break this pattern, right? Even through therapy, right? How come I can't? Because energy is stored in our DNA. It's in the cells of our body. It's in our tissues. It runs through in, I'll call invisible, non, non-visible, <laughs> but felt and measured scientifically in ourselves. So we have something called meridian channels, which many people have heard of if they're familiar with acupuncture or other types of energy work. So these are uh, essentially channels within our body, much like our nervous, much like our nervous system, where we have nerves that run through our body, blood vessels that run through our body, right? It's like a system, like a subway map almost on your body. Meridian channels are the same thing, but they are energy. Okay. So we have energy flowing through our body, just like we have blood flowing through our body. And we need to clear those channels to also see the effect in our experience, in our life experience, as displayed by our emotions, our thoughts, and our behaviors, right? So it's that piece of the puzzle that a lot of people are lacking in their healing journeys. And it's something that we can get to with breath work, with meditation, with, it starts with mindfulness, with energy work, such as Reiki, such as acupuncture, such as massage. Massage is actually moving energy through your body, not just on a physical level, but on that middle, middle meta, metaphysical level as well. So now I will segue back into Reiki and obviously interrupt me if you have any questions, but I'm trying to kind of, you know, tell the story here in a way that connects all the dots before you come in with your questions. Love it, so keep going. <laughs> all right, great. So So Reiki is one tool, one energy tool that helps to clear ourselves on this energetic level so that we can help with whatever that overarching goal is. So it's it's something that we're doing alongside maybe the exercise or the meditation or whatever, right? And the therapy even for some people who who choose to do that path or medication for those who choose to do that path. This is a complement, right? So Reiki is one tool. I mentioned acupuncture being another one. There's another type of energy therapy I practice now. I just finished my level three certification called integrated energy therapy or IET. So it's another tool to help clear things and move the energy in a way that produces that flow, that natural flow. So I'm going to use an example here where let's say that we have a clogged artery. If we have a clogged artery, then the blood is not able to flow the way that it's meant to. The heart cannot work as well. It can't pump what it needs to to the organs. The organs may start to suffer because of not getting enough blood flow, right? We're familiar with this pattern. 
energy work is the same way. If we have blocks in our energy channels, energy is not going to get where it needs to, and things are going to start to happen as an effect. So I always start to say that anxiety, that's a symptom. That pain in your knees, that's a symptom, right? Those digestive problems that you have, that's a symptom. Those hormonal imbalances, that's a symptom, right? Of something else, something is clogged, right? And and this type of work, this type of energy work helps to clear it on that level, which is going to help the other things that you're doing to clear it as well, right? With me? So, so Reiki, I'll tell you a little bit more about it because there, this is, a, again, a very specific tool that I use and that I actually train others in. I'm a Reiki master teacher, so I certify people in this as well, which is amazing. So it is something that you can learn for yourself. Like I mentioned, this was my first experience with it. I wanted to learn how, you know, how to do it for my own self-care. So this is absolutely something anybody has access to. And the term Reiki, it originates from Japan, means spiritually guided life force energy. So Ray, spiritually guided, Ki, life force energy. It's the same term as Chi, right? We've heard of like Chi, like Tai Chi, you know, life force energy in, in um, Chinese medicine, Prana, which those of us familiar with yoga and things like that, we know that that's life force energy. It's all the same thing. So what it is, it's where we have that block in our in our energy field. We need to bring in and call in more life force energy to clear that block and get things flowing. Okay. So energy work helps us just like if we're cooking and we, you know, something sticks to the pan and you have to soak it in the sink a little bit in order to loosen it up before you go in with the sponge. Energy work helps you to loosen that, like loosen up some of these blocks and then, and then clean it out so that things can flow and you can use it again for your next casserole or whatever it is that you're making or whatever. So, um, so Reiki is spiritually guided life force energy. So what does that spiritually guided part mean? What it means is the practitioner is not necessarily using this energy tool in a prescribed way, the way that maybe we would use something like exercise. We know exactly how many minutes you need and how many reps and this and that. The practitioner is going more with their own intuition in order to help move the energy where they feel it needs to go. Now, that doesn't mean that the practitioner necessarily needs to be, you know, super intuitive and this and that, because there are techniques that we do that sort of no matter what the problem is, even if you don't know, it's still going to kind of get to where it needs to go. But it it is but Reiki, again, it's that spiritually guided life force energy. So the practitioner is actually channeling this energy from that higher source, that higher level of consciousness. Again, non-denominational as far as religion goes, draws that energy in and channels it to the part of that person where it needs healing. So the person is going to feel effects. They're going to see effects on a physical level. My, I have, I almost called them patients, my clients. I have clients with chronic pain who during our session feel no pain at all during that time. They can't explain it. They wish that they could be in that place all the time. Often, sometimes it lasts depending on what else is going on with them. Sometimes it can last even days after, sometimes only minutes, again, depending on on many other factors. 
So we're going to feel this on a physical level. Some people may feel tingling, sensation, things like that. Some people may feel a buzzing. They may feel, you know, changes in temperature. They may see lights, you know, with the eyes closed, they may get certain vision or certain things or memories may pop up into their mind. But everybody's experience is very different. So, and this is where it gets a little, I think, hard for some people to wrap their head around because they're like, how come we can't exactly predict how it's going to go, what it's going to be, what the effect is going to be, because this is something that's not seen, it's felt, right? This is something that we kind of need to have a little bit of trust in. And part of that is really trusting ourselves and feeling safe to be able to address the things and deal with the things that are coming up. I mentioned when I first learned Reiki, I first got attuned to Reiki, I was brought back through all different kinds of ways to these micro traumas from earlier in my life that were impacting and influencing the behavior that I'm finding myself in now that's causing resistance in my life. Up until then, I probably wasn't ready to see that, right? But I kind of trusted that I'm at this point where I'm ready to heal on this level. And what's interesting about energy work, especially Reiki, is that it honors free will, which means you can't, nobody can give you Reiki without you consenting to it. You need to be open to receive it. You need to be open for it to flow and work. That is also something that could potentially block feeling the effects. So somebody coming in, maybe feeling super skeptical, maybe not really knowing, they may have a very limited experience because they're closing themselves off energetically from feeling it. I can It's incredible the difference I can feel in people who are a little bit more closed off initially, how their experience changes, and working with people that are very spiritually developed and how they experience and I experience it differently. It's very interesting to see that progression in that change. So we're both, so we're needing to learn and connect a little bit more to what I call your divine self, your higher self, or your authentic self. All of this is a way of coming back to your authenticity, to your soul, you know, to you who you really came here to be and, and the part of you that kind of wants to have fun and, and have joy in this life, but also has a purpose, right? So the practitioner, as I mentioned, kind of channels this energy and there's certain steps that they do, you know, before that, which we, we, which I teach, you know, when I teach Reiki and they deliver the Reiki, especially when it's in person through the palm chakras, actually. So through the hands is typically how it's given. And the hands, again, when I'll just talk about an in-person session for right now, the hands are typically either over the person's body or they may be lightly on top, like hands on the shoulders or the solar plexus or something like that, depending on where they're working. And what the practitioner is doing is sensing where there are imbalances and they are bringing and intending on Reiki energy to flow there to heal that imbalance. So it's, you know, it's, it's finding that stain on the, on the casserole dish, right? And it's bringing that soap and water in to kind of suds it up so that we can clear it and bring in flow. One thing I want to mention and not to get too into the you know energy piece here, but sometimes where we're experiencing the symptom is not where the block is. So somebody might come into my office with a knee problem. And sure, I may start there. I may spend some time over the knee. 
but it may actually be something more in the third eye or the mind or the brain, because that is actually related to the ego, which is related to the knees. So certain things are going to, you know, so our energy channels are not necessarily, um, they are a map in meaning that certain things are going to like, uh, you know, a certain meridian channel is going to affect your kidneys and that's going to be the same from person to person to person. However, it's not necessarily geographically the same, right? So it may, it's, um, it's not going to be in the area of your kidneys, your, your kidney meridian channel. That makes sense. So the Reiki practitioner is sending wherever the block is, even if we don't know. It's great to have an intention for the practice because where focus goes, energy flows. So I personally try to bring my clients into the experience. So I help them guide the energy to where it needs to go. I help them connect with their body to kind of figure out where that block is so that we can help move it together. Because if it is something like a limiting belief around confidence, self-esteem, right? things like that, personal boundaries, which is that relates to, I'm going to, you know, we're going to kind of dig into that a little bit during the session. And the thing is with Reiki is that every practitioner does it differently. And again, for that, it can be a little challenging sometimes for people to find a practitioner that really resonates with them. So anybody who's hearing all of this for the first time in looking for a practitioner, I would just recommend that you Go with somebody who you can at least get a good feel for them before you go in. Somebody who's going to offer you maybe a consultation if you want, if you really want to figure out, is this going to be right for you and figure out how to go about with that? And, you know, you can ask about their training. You can ask about, you know, what they do, you know, if they practice this themselves, because it's very important in this work and, and for all of us and all the work that we do to take our own medicine to walk the walk, right. And things like that. So you want to, you know, you want to work with somebody who, who's, who's really walking the walk, you know, and right. Because that's how we're going to get the best medicine is, is from somebody who's actually practicing it themselves. So you can ask whatever kinds of questions you want. You should feel very comfortable with what is going to happen in your session and, and, and no. So I actually teach, I mentioned before, something called Holy Fire Reiki. So my teaching of Reiki is actually, it's wonderful. It's very structured. I teach in accordance with the International Center for Reiki Training, which is one of the only organizations with an actual licensing program. And um, so there's a whole, you know, curriculum and steps and things that I work with people on because I believe that everybody needs that foundational knowledge, right, before they kind of tap into that. And I mentioned earlier in this interview that I am a college professor as well. And not right now. Last year I was teaching full time. I'm kind of taking a little bit of a break from it right now. And with that being said, I love teaching and I love learning processes and bringing them forward and helping other practitioners and helping other people learn these skills and these tools, either for their own use or for others. So I feel it is important to, again, have that kind of foundational um, knowledge. And I'm always teaching my clients more about their own field, more about their own energy. Because to me, at the end of the day, this isn't, okay, come to me every time you have a problem necessarily. It's let me help you with the tools so that as this happens, not only are you healing and we're healing through it, but we're actually fixing that pattern. We're rewriting the story and I'm arming you with all of these tools so that you know how to work through these blocks if and when they present themselves again. 
Now we're never done healing. We're never done learning, right? I'm never going to be done learning. I'm a lifelong learner. I love taking courses and certifications and things like that. So I'm always building this practice and I'm always learning new ways and new tools to bring this in to help people connect with where am I holding this block in my body? How do I need to move through it, right? Do I need to bring more mindfulness to it? Do I need to bring this? Do I need to bring that, right? And just to tie it into where I am in my life as a young mom, new mom, mompreneur, whatever, right? These are all things that I am doing and living and breathing every single day. And after my pregnancy loss last year and after having my son this year, my second son this year, it's just all been such a spiritual journey. And I've been just, my eyes have been opened to how much of a spiritual journey parenting is and how much what I'm doing is relating to this this particular experience. Because as obvious as it may be to somebody on the outside, to me, it wasn't. To me, I wasn't seeing how much I needed this in my life as a parent. So I've just recently become extra passionate about helping moms and parents and honestly, just household units really um, develop these kinds of tools to heal on these levels and use these things day to day. So it's like I mentioned my little story this morning, right? I brought a little bit more awareness into the moment. I helped to put things in perspective. I checked those beliefs that I didn't have enough time or I was going to be rushed or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Things weren't going to work out if I didn't tidy everything up the way that I needed to, you know, or whatever that story could have been. And I chose something different and I chose the path that felt better. Did not get there overnight. This is a journey. This is a practice, right? So, yeah. So, with that being said, there are just a lot of ways that I am now serving my community by bringing all of this, you know, to the light, helping people in those physical areas, the people that are still trying to maybe improve their immune system, maybe work on healing a hormone imbalance or whatever. I love working with people with mystery diseases you know, where they go, they have all the tests done and nobody can figure it out. But now you're on all this medication that you're not even sure is helping the symptoms. Right. And because oftentimes, again, those are the situations where we haven't looked in the physical layer or the, I'm sorry, the metaphysical layer yet. We haven't looked at the spiritual side. And that is when something like Reiki or another energy healing tool can help come in and clear those blocks. It can help come in and address some of the, yes, your thoughts and beliefs are affecting your physical life, right? So we can address which ones are affecting that specific problem. So that's my bit on Reiki and my bio. I think I just kind of threw everything in there. So I want to hear what questions you have, Kristen. What holes did I leave? What do you want to know? Oh my gosh, that was so good. And I'm I'm so glad you just took it away because the construction behind me, it just paused and it's, it's absolutely terrible. So I'm so glad you did. And oh gosh, well, I've I've heard your story before. And something I don't know if we have talked about this before, but I've heard your story and you know how you were, you know, dealing with panic attacks and how you really found the practices of mindfulness when you were, you know, you were, you were still in school and then you were working. And I heard it and I listen. And mindfulness is something that has been something that I've worked on practicing for. And I say worked on because it is always a practice. And I've I've been good and I've been not so great for probably the past decade. Um, as I've kind of you know explored different different spiritual modalities and, you know, my own health and wellness and things like that. 
But I can definitely attest that as a parent, it has been the most difficult to actually really, I guess, take the time to practice mindfulness and to really take care of myself, honestly. And I've heard your story several times when we've done classes together. And I had my own really similar experience at the beginning of 2020 where I ended up in the hospital. I've told my my listeners about this thinking that I was having some sort of nervous system issue, a stroke, something like that, because I had started having panic attacks again after years and years of not having them. Um, and this was very different than it was before. So I thought that it was something totally different. And I, I tried to just go to the walk-in clinic and they were like, uh, no, it sounds like you're having a stroke. You need to go to the ER. <laughs> so I go to the ER and they tell me very similar to you, though, though my doctor didn't instruct me to take things off my plate. My doctor was like, uh, yeah, I think you're just having an anxiety attack. Just follow up with your GP. I was like, oh, okay. All right. But it was a really, really important perspective shift for me as well. And so the last year or so, I have also been on this path of like slowly learning about different tools that can help me because I realized that I had put way too much on my plate as a mom. And I think for so many of us as moms, you use such a great example of when you were pregnant and you were stressed about being stressed. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, how many of us as moms, is this our experience where we're like, I don't want to be stressed because I don't want to be stressed for my kids. I don't want to be stressed because I'm pregnant. I don't want to be stressed because I know it's not good for my health. And then we get stressed out about being stressed out. And I think that, you know, we we want to show up as the best version of ourselves for whatever we're doing in our lives as parents, as, you know, if we have spouses, partners, if we have children, um, or I think I already said children, if we have work that we do, you know, if we're working moms, my gosh. And I think that so many of us, myself very much included, can relate to your story and your experience. And um, and then I also love that you come from this place of very evidence-based, very science-based practice, and you have that background, and then you've integrated it. I mean, you know, integrative wellness, right? You've integrated it with this this really cool energy work, and you know, and you can see it, and you've you've seen the effects of it in your own studies and in your own self, and it's just it's so fascinating to me. When we're here, like nodding and getting so excited, I'm so interested in this, and I think that you know, I think there is a lot, like you mentioned, I have definitely been in the camp where I'm like, I. I don't know. It feels sort of weird. It feels sort of woo-woo to me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's something that I would want to explore just because it, it does feel a little bit out there because I am. I do have a science background myself, and I've always leaned towards more evidence-based practices. However, you're mentioning things like massage is something that I do on a regular basis. One of my best friends is a massage therapist, and I always feel so much, not just relaxed, but like transformed after she gives me a massage, you know, both, you know, physically and then mentally. And I've done acupuncture. I didn't even, I mean, I guess I understand. I didn't think of acupuncture as being energy work, but it absolutely is. I, When I was first struggling with anxiety and panic attacks um, when we lived in Canada, gosh, now it was like six or seven years ago is before I had my first daughter. Um, I explored some acupuncture for my anxiety. And then when I was pregnant with my daughter, I also, that was actually a 
crazy experience that is hey, my second daughter. I mean, um, the crazy experience. It's a whole story for another day, but like that, it, it worked. <laughs> it definitely worked. We were actually trying to um, flip her around because she was breech. Um, and I had some like crazy experiences with acupuncture. And all it was, was those like little tiny needles on the energy meridians. And I'm like, okay, so energy work isn't actually that foreign to me. It just sort of seems, it seems sort of out there. And there's no denying even from a science perspective, right? Like you can see energy flowing through our bodies. There's energy everywhere all the time in the world. And so the idea of channeling that energy as, as strange as it might seem, I think it is just sort of like an adjustment that I know that personally I needed to make in my own mind going, okay, this isn't actually that, you know, weird or woo woo. It might seem like that at first. I mean, of course I still haven't experienced Reiki and now I'm going, okay, so after we get off this call, I'm going to need to schedule a session with Alyssa because now I want to do this and I want to dive into it. Um, but I just, I love gaining more tools for myself and just like just like you gaining more tools for myself and more tools that I can recommend to other people in my life whether it's the listeners on the podcast or clients that I work with or just you know friends I feel like it's it's so helpful to have so many tools like you said your tool shed I love this I was on one of your master classes the other night and you talked about this tool shed versus just having a toolbox and I've always talked about it as a toolbox but I'm like no we do we need an arsenal of tools we need a whole shed of tools because at different points in our life we are going to need different tools and we're going to need to rely, rely on different things and I know in the last year like I mentioned I've been really exploring going okay I took a lot off my plate I changed my business a lot, just like I know you have. We've grown and evolved through the pandemic and what we're passionate about and what we feel called to do. And I'm slowly starting to get to this place where, slowly but surely, where I do feel more balanced. And honestly, I feel more balanced now than I probably ever have as a mom. And so gaining more of these things more of these practices and more of these modalities is just the absolute best. So all of that, all of my babbling aside, <laughs> I do have some questions and because this is so fascinating to me. So I think my, my first question is kind of like from a practical side of things when it comes to a Reiki session. So I was going to ask you if you can do Reiki kind of over the phone or over zoom. And you already answered that, which to me, like, okay, my first question because I find this so fascinating. When you were on the phone with her, did you stay on the phone with her or did you like, do you turn the phone off? Cause you said she called you back when you were, when you were working with Heather, that's so crazy. So you turn the phone off and she does this Reiki session. And then she talks to you about it after that's, it's just, it's so, so crazy to me. So how long is a session typically? And I guess the second part of that is how often do you, would you do Reiki? Like how often would you work with a Reiki practitioner? All great questions. So first, yes, Reiki can be given through distance. And I'm really going to blow your mind right now because not only do you need, not need to be physically in the same place or on the phone, you can do it at a different time. You can actually, yeah, yeah. That's so and that crazy. may need to be another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but with that being said, distance is in no way a barrier to receiving this type of work. I will say some people... It depends. It really depends on how well you're able to be comfortable because it is important to be as relaxed as possible. So we always recommend, I always recommend, you know, limiting caffeine before or tobacco if you use or nicotine, if you use nicotine products, 
um, you know, limiting alcohol, making sure you're hydrated, you know, not exercising right before or whatever you can exercise before, but you know, just certain things that are going to help you be in the most relaxed state possible, because that's going to be easier to open your energy channels. It's going to be easier for things to flow. It's going to cause less, less resistance. There's going to be less kind of noise around, if that makes sense. So some people have a hard time relaxing in their own home or space. So for some people, it is easier for them to come into somewhere doing it in person. Like I have a person coming in today. She identifies as having ADHD. So for her, she would rather just be here. For now, I've had people like this before and have been able to transition to distance because that's what we do. Only because distance also has its its benefits. For instance, let's say every time I get a session done, I'm in my bedroom. So I'm in my room and I'm receiving the energy there. Now what's happening from a behavioral perspective, I'm associating my bedroom with this relaxed feeling and state. So now I'm also going to be more calm and more relaxed when I'm in here because on a, on a level, and this is, this is just science, right? This is not as anything to do with energy, but it's just association and behaviorism. Right. And you know, so learning that. So I, and this is why I also always loved teaching virtually like training or exercise or things like that, because I love the fact that you are building this habit in your own environment. You're not going somewhere to do it. You're bringing it into your space. So that's one thing. I do have some people who've literally gotten in their car and driven somewhere and, and had a session somewhere they were relaxed. So, so getting in relaxed is very important. And I already forgot the second question. Um, but, but what I was saying was that distance Reiki is possible and that we can do it and go ahead. What was the next question? Yeah. I was just saying, how long is a session typically? And, and then how long do you go between sessions? Is there like a set amount Perfect. of time? I'm just kind of curious about like that. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great questions. So length of session can vary based on the practitioner, based on what the needs are for me personally, somebody who's never done it before. Maybe it's a first session. Maybe, you know, it's, there's just going to be more, or I know it's somebody that's like, all right, we're really going to dig deep into what's going on here. I'm going to recommend at least an hour 15, you know, for that session. So we have time to kind of discuss what's going on, set intentions, help set you up for what's going to happen, bring you through the session, and then talk after about what you felt, what you experienced and kind of develop. I'm always looking at developing those next steps after I don't want, you know, it's not like a massage necessarily. Some massage therapists are like this, right? Where you'll, you'll go in, you get your massage and then you leave and you book another appointment and whatever. Some energy workers may choose to do it this way as well. That's just not how I operate. I prefer for this to be a learning experience as well. And also constructive way for you to say, all right, based on what happened here, what needs to change, right? What do I need to start doing, right? Because I always say we can clear your channels with, with Reiki, but if you leave and everything is still the same, you're, it's gonna, you're gonna get blocked right away again, right? So I actually like working in, and to answer your next question, I like to work continuously with people. So if they have like a big issue, like, like a person, you know, one of my clients coming in today, she, she's coming in weekly to start because she's, she's dealing with a lot of depression right now. She dealt with a lot of postpartum anxiety and depression. Her daughter's now a year and a half. So we're kind of, we're healing things. And through her first session, we realized like, okay, we need to address some things with her partner. We need to address things from her own childhood, you know, and there are all these things kind of coming up. So we're coming in and we're actually doing this regularly. I do find my clients who have weekly sessions have the fastest results and are able to make changes quicker because they're putting that time and energy into it. 
So you can absolutely space it out longer depending on how you're feeling, you know, what's kind of what's going on and things like that. I would say from from weekly, I like to gradually move to biweekly and monthly and monthly or less or, or less often is a great maintenance phase. So massage, for example, a good massage therapist is going to recommend that you actually come regularly because you can't just get this crazy deep tissue massage and not come back because you could actually really damage things that way on a physical level. Right. And a good massage therapist is going to know that and tell you about that. And, and, you know, and, and, or they may not go as deep in the session because they know you're not coming back. Right. So somebody who's kind of knows their practice is going to do that. So it's kind of the same thing. You don't want to just go into one Reiki session. And I understand some people just want to try it first. And I totally get that. But I always tell people in a consultation before we even begin working with each other, that if you're just planning on coming in and doing one, I would come in at least being open to doing this regularly, or at least for a number of sessions until you've worked through whatever this block is, and you feel like you have an idea of how to handle it on your own. So I love bringing people through that process and then helping them just with maintenance. And like I said, we're always learning. We're always bringing new tools and we're always undigging new micro trunks that we have to heal, right? And new things begin to present themselves. So it's a great thing to do just for maintenance. You know, I call it a tune-up. You know, we just do like, hey, a little tune-up. And I have a lot of people also, I work with a lot of other practitioners, whether they be energy workers or other modalities. And it's really important for us to get this kind of work done regularly. So I would say in terms of length of the session, somebody who is more, you know, we're more established and we already kind of know what's going on. We can do a shorter session. We can do a 45 minute session and that's plenty of time. But for somebody who's still working through it and we have a lot more to do, you know, it's going to be more closer to an hour, hour and a half, depending. And in terms of frequency, depending on what the issue is and how quickly you're committed and how much you're committed to doing, you know, is will depend whether it's weekly or monthly or whatever. I actually, so I have a program called Raise Your Vibration Program where I incorporate one-on-one work with group stuff. So we do these sessions, but I also have my people doing my master classes, learning more about their energy field, learning more about their personal boundaries, learning more about connecting with their higher self, right? And um you know, and some even learning the the practice of reiki to do it in between. So my clients are learning and bringing all this stuff in. I also do a monthly group healing session, which anybody is welcome to sign up for. It's open for the public to register for. And um, and that offers an opportunity to get this kind of healing and work towards their intention in a group way and in a way that's, um, you know, supports the other work. So I, again, professor at heart here, I am a big believer in homework. There are always things that my clients are working on in between. And depending on the individual situation, as well as their commitment, right level of commitment and ability to, you know, to kind of put things forward is, is sort of how that plan, that, that, that plan of action or that prescription, if you will, right, will kind of look after that care plan. And one thing I wanted to touch on too, Kristen, that you mentioned, because I think it's really important, is you mentioned as a mom, it's very hard to find this time for yourself and to find these little moments for yourself. I this is one of those instances where I love helping people integrate these tools in with their lives, no matter where they are, right? In that space. How can we bring more mindfulness into life as a parent? 
so that we are now both calming and centering ourselves as as well as being present for our kids. How can we incorporate them? What are some things we can do even though we have these barriers, right, of time, right, of support sometimes depending on what's going on? So there is something for everyone. And that's actually a huge lesson that I, that I would love to leave everybody here with, not that we're leaving right now, but you know, one thing that I really want people walking away with is the understanding that you don't have to settle for things being as chaotic as they are. You don't have to settle for feeling this stressed. You don't have to settle and just be okay with this and numb yourself, right. Or whatever the problem is, there is a way of getting to that root cause of those symptoms of that anxiety of that depression of you know that your self-confidence you know issues or boundary issues right we can we can work on that there are ways and you know there are so many tools again in that tool shed right that we can that we can try and we can practice oh my gosh I love that and I have so many more questions like you have another three hours right I know right (laughs) so you mentioned that it's important that we are we're open to this practice and that it's something that we want to receive. And you can't just like throw Reiki at someone. You can't give someone Reiki unless they are, unless they are wanting to receive it. So how do you know what they, what they need? I mean, I know you, t- you say you talk to them ahead of time when it comes to, you know, what they're going through, maybe physically, mentally. So I guess, you know, I guess this is also a two-part question. What are some of the things that Reiki can help with? So what are some of the conditions, physical, mental, like what, what can Reiki help with? I know that there's a lot, a, a long list, a laundry list, but if you could mention some of them and maybe some of them relating to moms specifically, and then how kind of during the session, do you know kind of where to, where to work and how do they, I guess I can follow up with that after, but I'm kind of curious how they know what happened during the session and like what to work on next. So I guess the first question is, see so many questions. The first one is kind of what can it help with? And then how do you know where to start when it comes to Reiki? Great. I'll do my best to answer those questions because sometimes without a specific instance, it's hard to, but I'll, I'll see if I can give you an example. So, so first of all, what can Reiki help you, help you with? Like you said, the list is, is I have not found an end to the list yet. I have not found something that Reiki can't help with. Not that it's the only solution. It is not one size fits all, but it does help support in, in so many aspects. So let's just, let's just focus on moms for a second here, right? It helps with anxiety, postpartum, um, during, you know, during pregnancy, before, after with the kids, it helps, you know, it can help even relax you so that you have a better milk supply for, for women who are nursing or expressing. It can help with sleep. It can help with just overall calming the nervous system as well as shining a light and, you know, kind of healing, you know, parts of the self. Again, it helps to get those deeper layers of actually what's causing that issue to begin with, Right. Other things that it helps with pain, it helps with, uh, I think I already mentioned, obviously, anxiety, depression. It helps with well overall well-being and wellness. It can help with healing habits. So somebody who's coming in with like an addiction to nicotine um, or smoking or weight management even is something that somebody may seek Reiki out for. The list goes on and on. Digestive problems. Um, getting actually uh, having a child, right? 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, conception, right? Or, you know, trying not fertility. Conception. Yeah. Thank you. Fertility. I don't know why I could think of that word. Um, is it can help with fertility, just like acupuncture can, right? So basically anything, you know, anything that we would go maybe to acupuncture for or other type of energy work is something that Reiki can help you with. Now, your question, your next question, I believe, was then how do you know? How do you know? How does the person know what's going on? Right. What do we do next? This and that. And that is a blend. This is where my coaching comes in, honestly, because this is where we kind of start and talk about and, and um, dive deeper into. I'm always listening. What is the story that my client is telling themselves? And that often is related to where that energy is being stored in their body. So I have them do a lot of embodiment practices. I have them doing a lot of tuning in and actually identify where they're holding tension in their body. And we, we check in with how they're feeling mentally, physically, before, during, after. We talk about what thoughts or emotions come up. There's often a lot of releasing happening. And based on how our energy body, we call them subtle energy bodies, which is almost like our organ systems, but for, for energy, those are like the meridians or we didn't even talk about chakras or bioenergetic or auric fields, but these are other energy bodies that we, that we work with in, in this, you know, spiritual wellness zone. So based on what's going on usually is related to where they're holding, where they have that block in their subtle energy body. So that's usually something that the practitioner can actually sense or feel during the session or the client may sense or feel during that session. So they may say they may feel a lot in their heart or in their head or in their belly or in their back. You know what I mean? And those are things that we can almost use to, I'm going to say, quote unquote, diagnose. We're never diagnosing in Reiki or energy work, but they can be things that can kind of help us connect some of the dots. So we know where to go from there. So cool. So interesting. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you can't, you can't do Reiki on someone if they don't, if they're not ready to receive it and if they don't want it. So it's not something you could do kind of on your kids, but it's something that you can receive and it can help in your overall life. Is that true? Or how does that work? That's a great, that's a great question. And thank you for asking. And first of all, so while we cannot send Reiki to somebody who does not consent to have it or doesn't want it, like my four-year-old who says, no, don't give me Reiki. You know, he just, for whatever reason, I'm like, darn it. Um, But you can send Reiki to a situation. Mm. So you know how a situation can have tension around it, right? We know this, especially as people with individuals as spouses and partners, right? We know that they're (laughs) certainly aware of that kind of tension. So we can actually send Reiki with the intention of healing that situation, right? And we can also, let's say, let's say I have a family member who is going through something and I really want to send them Reiki, but they're not open to receive it. I can just kind of send to their situation or to their higher self. So there may be, so because the reason they're not open to it is because of a belief right? A belief that isn't going to work or that it conflicts with their religion, which some people do believe that don't understand, you know, just the, the information behind it. And that is not, you know, denominational. Mm -hmm. I can, I can send it and kind of say if their higher self, right. Wishes to receive it. You know, I'm, I'm sending with the intention of them getting it, you know, and getting that benefit. And it's very interesting to watch how things soften around situations when you have that intention. And a lot of it is just sort of releasing it too. You know what I mean? Just kind of having that intention. So in terms of using it with your children, you can absolutely ask them if they want it. 
And baby Charlie can't say no. Oh, he's all smiles. So I'm like, yeah, yes. Smile is a yes, in my opinion. So you can absolutely send it to your children, your own children with, you know, with their consent. Or, you know, I always say not to sound too woo-woo here, but asking their higher self. You know, you can kind of ask their permission a little bit. And you know your children. You know what's a yes or what's a no. You know when it feels right or doesn't feel right. So this is where I also help individuals tune into that intuition, tune into that inner knowing and connect so that when they're asking, when I say ask your higher self, well, they know what I'm talking about. They're going in and they're like, okay, that's a what we may call a full body yes or a full body no, right? We know when our body's like, ooh, clams up. It's like, mm-mm, this isn't right. So kind of helping people with identifying that. You can use Reiki to help your child um, before and after they get their, um, you know, their doctor checkups, right? Where they may get poked a little bit. They may feel uncomfortable. So we can help it in that situation. We can help with sleep. We can help it. You can use it with teething. We can use it in so many aspects of things. And we can use it for ourselves and channel it for ourselves. So it's, it's really incredible. We actually can use it with our children. Children are actually super open energetically. They are the most pure form of energy children. You know, we're the ones that are up here all kicking out of our own way, you know, tainted by our lives of, you know, many traumas and society and things like that. Right. Um, no, so we're, you know, so our children are actually very open and very pure and very, you know, very in tune to this. So people actually can even train, you can even train your children to do Reiki either for themselves or for others, one, as long as they're old enough to, to say yes, you know? So if, if my son, Eddie, who's four and a half now, if next year he decides, I want to learn how to do Reiki, you know, I can, I can attune him to Reiki and he can give Reiki to himself. It's seriously that easy. Going to blow your mind again. Animals can learn Reiki and do Reiki, even though it's not, they may not do it with their hand positions and this and that, but on, in an energetic way, you know, they can connect just life force energy. That's all that it is. It's just this life force energy, energy that flows yeah. through all of us. That's all that it is. It's just energy. That's so interesting. I'm thinking about, you know, people who are super, super connected to their animals and they feel so calm with their animals close to them and that... I don't know. I mean, it is everything. Energy is everywhere, right? So that's so interesting. So something you mentioned was that if your kids are open to receiving it then or to performing it, they can they can do it on themselves. So you can do Reiki on yourself as well. That's something that you 100%. can do once you, once you learn the practice. I mean, obviously you can 100%. have Reiki performed on you, but you can do it on yourself. That is so cool. And I will oh say goodness. most of my most of my students begin by just learning it for themselves. A lot of times they're my clients who want to use it to be able to do in between sessions or with their animals or loved ones at home. I feel like every household should have somebody who knows how to do Reiki, you know, because you literally it's all it's it's very helpful and, and you can do it with anybody. And absolutely for yourself, there's actually a class that I was teaching for a while. I'll probably be start doing it again because it was really popular. It was a uh, self-care with Reiki. And I actually guided the students through a self Reiki session. And you know, what's so interesting about it. My original intention was, you know how you have your tools and you get it and you know, it works, but it kind of just sits on the shelf because you're, you know, you're just not practicing it or not using it. I find that Reiki tends to be one of those things where people will get trained in it. They'll learn it. They may even be practicing it professionally, but they're not using it for themselves. So I created this class with the intention of all those people that have been trained in Reiki because there are a lot of people that know Reiki. It's cool. It's really cool. 
they're not using it for themselves. So my intention was to have a space for them to practice. And I would lead them through a self-healing practice with them using their own Reiki on themselves. So what happened was I ended up getting people that were not trained in Reiki or attuned to Reiki, but they were still doing the class and they still experienced some benefit. Mm, cool. So there is, so we just, we naturally have energy that flows through our hands. Our hands have a very strong electromagnetic field, just like our hearts do. So we can actually, you know how like you bang your knee and you, your instinct is to bring your hands to it or you, you get, you know, something happens, you bring your hand to it. Why yeah. do you think you do that? Because that's, you're actually bringing healing energy mm. from your hands to that place. We, it's a non-conscious thing. We, our bodies know. Our bodies know it's just coming back into that wisdom. Oh my gosh. So cool. So I don't, I know we don't have a ton of time left. I have one last question that I want to ask kind of regarding Reiki. And then I want you to tell me about Reiki like a mother. Um, are there any limitations when it comes to Reiki? Is there anyone who shouldn't do Reiki? Is there any time in our lives we shouldn't do Reiki? Like I know, you know, if you're getting a massage when you're pregnant, there are certain things that you're not supposed to do. Are there limitations when it comes to Reiki? Not with Reiki specifically, but there are with other modalities of energy healing. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's very important to have these conversations with your practitioner before going into it. Because like for me, I'm not just using Reiki in my sessions. I'm using other tools. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so depending on kind of what's depending on what the practitioner is doing, if they're doing something other than Reiki, but Reiki specifically there are no contraindications, no known contraindications. So you can so really use cool. it anytime because Reiki only, it only helps. It only heals. It doesn't, it does no harm. So either you cannot do Reiki and it actually cause any problem. I will say sometimes what can happen is it can kind of loosen a block, an energetic block, and that may bring some suppressed emotions to the surface and cause someone temporarily to feel distress because it's something that they're releasing. And you, it's like a detox. Mm -hmm. When you're detoxing, you don't feel good initially when you're literally the toxins are leaving your body, your system, right? The same thing can happen with Reiki depending on what's going on. And this is why, again, it's very important to be conscious of your energy, your energy, how you're treating your body, what you're putting into it so that you can kind of limit those you know, how you, you know, how you feel when you're quote unquote detoxing. Mm, like an energetic detox. So interesting. Exactly oh my what gosh. it is. Okay. So you have now that the, if the people listening or the moms listening are exactly like I am like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Tell me more. <laughs> you have a brand new program coming out specifically for moms, specifically for self-care for moms. And Reiki is a huge part of it. It's called Reiki like a mother. Can you share more about, and I love that name. <laughs> can you share more about it? And I mean, we talked a little bit about how Reiki can help moms, but how can this program specifically help them? Thank you. Yeah. So the Reiki Like a Mother program, it's an eight-week program. And what it does is exactly like you said, it's helping to fill your tool shed with more skills, including Reiki. So every, every mom that does this eight-week program actually gets attuned to Reiki. And they even have the option to do the certification. So there are different levels of this program. So let's say you're like, you know what? I have absolutely no interest in the certification. I just want to learn how to use it for myself. We can do that. And it's a little bit less involved if you go through the certification because of 
the type of teacher I am. If I'm giving you a certification, you need to do the the coursework that goes along with it. So so they can have that option to do that because sometimes we just like that piece of paper, you know? Um, so, So that is an option. And it's also something that it's, so it's not only is it a learning space for somebody to learn this new skill, but it's also a healing space. So the moms that are coming into this program are coming in for a reason, right? They're coming in because they want to be more calm and peaceful in their lives. They want to have less anger towards their kids or their partner. You know, they, they had a hard relationship with their parents and don't want to repeat these same patterns, right? Or maybe something else going on. Maybe it's, you know, anxiety, depression, or, you know, other things. And they want to learn how to kind of um, integrate their healing with their life as a parent. What I've noticed is just, and I know you know this, right? As a mom, as a parent, we have really unique set of, I'll say challenges, right? Or, you know, of of situations. And it's not that there, there aren't so many beautiful aspects to it and beautiful things, but we can't deny that we're stretched very thin, we can't deny, I think I might've shared this in the masterclass that you did, Kristen, but we in, you know, this, us, the us moms, you know, we have more potential to develop depression during this time, but we also have a greater capacity to experience joy. So our heart grows every time we have a child, right? Every time we go through this. So I want to help moms feel that joy and experience that joy and know that they're not alone. And part of, cause I love building community. And so that part of this is also because I'm going to be building an ongoing community of moms to help support each other. And actually it's going to, that's going to expand out to not just mothers, but also to parents and, um, you know, helping with relationships and things like that. So, so it's really looking at, at motherhood as a spiritual journey, a holistic healing process, right. And, and a place to, to be seen and be held and be mothered, right? Just like we need to show up and do for our kids. So it's a place of nourishment. It's a program of nourishment as well as education and tools. And we can continue with that process, you know, individually after that, depending on kind of where every person is, but is a fantastic program. And I'm actually, it's it's now going to be a rolling enrollment. So I'm going to be enrolling people as of right now through September, 2021. I will see uh, at what point I reopen enrollment, it may wait until January. I'm not 100% sure. So you can always visit my website, integrativewellnessjourneys.com. And I know Kristen will post some links in the show notes as well. Um, but so you can always check in and kind of see what's going on. And on that note, because I know you're going to ask how people can stay connected and follow me. Yes. <laughs> yep. So I am on Instagram and my handle is at Integrative Wellness Journeys. I'm also on Facebook under Integrative Wellness Journeys. And I, you know, just mentioned my website. I do also have other things like email lists. And there's actually one thing, and I'm gonna, Kristen, I'm gonna have you put this in the notes. And I believe you signed up for this too, but it is a it's called the Rise and Shine Morning Ritual for Busy Moms. And it is a five-minute practice. It's a five-minute. There's a little video where I kind of explain, and then it's a short little practice that it's a recording you can do anytime, anywhere. And it helps to just sort of ground you a little bit, connect to your energy so that you can be a little bit more present. And that's that's free. So I highly recommend everybody watching this, if this resonated in any way, sign up for that so that you can get that, that little meditation and start your practice. I do have masterclasses as well. So the Pathway to Peace for Overwhelmed Moms masterclass, which you did this week, Kristen. I have another one uh, coming up next week, and that will likely 
live somewhere on my website for people to access in the future. So if this again is resonating and you're wanting to build some of these tools and that masterclass is actually not about Reiki. I don't think we talked really much about energy at all in that class. It was more about bringing more mindfulness and awareness and kind of working through some of some of the specific things we go through as, as moms. So those are all ways that we can stay connected and in touch. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am so glad that you mentioned the email as well. The rise and shine. I was going to mention it. If you didn't, I was going to, I was like, okay, you have to mention that because it's amazing. And five minutes, we talked about this in the call the other night that, you know, even if it's just five minutes, five minutes can make a huge difference to take care of ourselves as moms. So this was so great, Alyssa. I was so excited for this conversation and you 1000% delivered. I can't wait to learn more about Reiki and I appreciate your time so much. I know you have a client literally coming in for a Reiki session right now. So we will wrap yes. up, but thank you so much for your time. I love chatting with you. I can't wait to chat with you again. And thank you so much for sharing with my listeners. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you everyone listening and wishing you all the absolute best. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.